0: Anybody else? How's Billy? Why you say it like that? Welcome to GMFC Studios, God's production company. Praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you on this Sunday morning. We just are excited about what the Lord is going to do. We have a lot today going on, but we know that the Lord has empowered us to do everything according to his will. I just want to... Send my prayers of warmth to all of us here that especially in Ohio and I'm sure elsewhere that are experiencing extreme cold weather. May the Lord heat you with his warmth and may your heaters work also. We thank the Lord for you. And for those of you that are watching from your various places of normal wealth where the temperature never gets above 70, one day, maybe, We'll get to that, please. But we're just thankful to the Lord to come to you from what I refer to as God's country, the state of Ohio here in the city of Columbus, and we're excited about what God is doing and the word that he has imparted for us to share. We are in election season. Election season is full out right now. You have the, the Democratic side of the ticket that um, I'm not even sure if they really understand what they want to do. Uh, right now, we have an idea of what they're going to do, but there are some within the Democratic Party, according to different news agencies, that their idea is to maybe split the party or to go into a no-name party that uh, would in, you know, house uh, former Democrats because they're not really happy with their front runner. Then there's the Republican Party, which has been kind of split and divided for a long time, And the front runner in it is, after his win in Iowa, is calling for unity. But they're still battling out who's going to actually be the Republican representative. And then there's always the independents. And um, it always boggles my mind that in this country (laughs) of 200 plus million people, we boil things down to just one of two people to pick. But that's a story for another day. The fact of the matter is, is we are in election season. This is, as you think of the church, an opportunity for the church to impact what's happening in our society. And you may not think about it in this fashion, but after today's sermon, I hope that you'll have an idea of what it is exactly that I'm talking about. I want to come to you from the uh, uh, sermon topic, let's say, of it's time to cut off our enemy. It's time to cut off our enemy. Now, most of us who drive cars know what it feels like to be cut off, and maybe some of us do some cutting off. And that's kind of the exact same thing that we need to do to the enemy. But there's a specific way And there's a specific promise of God that many of you may not have even realized in reading the word of God, where God promises to cut off your enemy. Now, the only place in the New Testament where a minister is translated highlights the defining of uh, the book of Isaiah, the 53rd chapter and the 8th verse. It's the passage where Philip is translated so that he can minister to the Ethiopian eunuch. Turn with me in the Word of God to the book of Acts, and we will use this as our launching pad today. Uh, The book of Acts, the 8th chapter, the 30th through the 35th verse, and it should be on your screens now, and this is what it declares. I'm reading from the King James Version. The 30th starts with, And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Esaias, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearers. So opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Now, looking at this interaction and understanding what Philip is teaching, we understand that Jesus not only took our sin upon himself, but he took all injustice on himself and was cut off. Jesus was cut off, which guaranteed our access to kingly justice and the ability and anointing to move the hand of God to cut off our enemy when injustice is hindering God's harvest. We have access and an anointing, a gifting, a power that is released in us to activate or move the hand of God to cut off our enemy when our enemy is affecting the harvest of God, hindering it, bothering it, troubling it. Now there are five theocratic covenants that culminate in the new covenant and every single one of them carries the promise to cut off our enemies. And many of you may not have realized that, but there are five specific and distinct Uh, theocratic covenants, and in each of them, there is a promise to cut off uh, our enemy. And I want to talk about those today uh, with you briefly as you uh, give me your time this morning. Now, in God's view, if we're so valuable, Jesus was willing to die to save us, then are we also not valuable enough that he would even kill to deliver and preserve us? This is a question reading the scripture and understanding what God has done that might come into the mind of a believer. Now each of us must look in the mirror of scripture and ask ourselves this type of question. Am I valuable enough to God for his son to die to save me? Am I valuable enough to God that he would even kill to preserve me so that I can finish my course? Even if my race ends in martyrdom, it should end on God's terms and not the enemy's. If we look at the life of Jesus, we find that Jesus was ultimately martyred, but the enemy tried to take his life on two occasions prior to when Jesus actually laid down his life. For well, we know the Scripture declares that no man took his life, but he gave it; he laid it down of himself. But prior to him laying it down, there were two occasions that are spoken about in Scripture where his life was tried to be taken from him. Now, by exercising covenantal authority between us and God, Jesus finished his race. He finished his course. Now, will God cut off my enemy when I stand upon the same covenant? If the answer to this is yes, then our prayer lives should change. We are standing at the precipice of understanding the power that we possess in our covenantal relationship with God and our ability in the now to affect our society, our culture and our nation. Now the obvious question is how do I invoke covenant to cut off my enemy? And that's what we wanna talk about today. The process of invoking the covenant that exists between us and God so that God can cut off our enemy. Now, if there's any hesitation in your heart, then it's obvious that uh, there has to be a distinct lack of biblical foundation existing uh, in your understanding what is the covenant that exists between us and God. Now, everything that God has done with man, he has done by establishing covenant so we can know what to expect and what he will do. If you would turn with me in the Bible into the book of Genesis, that's my favorite book, Genesis, the 15th chapter, the 7th and 8th verse, we view an exchange between God and Abram from which comes the heart cry of all mankind. And the answer to that heart cry immediately follows in verses 7 and 8, where verse 7 and 8, which should be on your screen now, declare. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? God promised land, but Abraham said words are simply not enough. I want more. I want to know that I'm going to inherit it. I, I want something stronger than just a promise. And God's answer was a blood covenant, a binding agreement between he and Abram. Now, there are five theocratic covenants that I, I, I told you about earlier in scripture that pertain To the rule of God where he has promised to judge our enemies. And all five of these covenants have threads that run through them that are just as good today as they were when Abraham was walking the earth. This is why it's so important not to just discount the Old Testament and just focus on the New Testament, because there is so much that we are still connected to in the Old Testament that empowers us to function in the New Testament. Now, the hesitancy to access throne room justice that Jesus brought and bought and paid for can possibly be attributed to a simple lack of foundation in the word and in the process and uh, in, in the covenant that we, ex- that we have in Jesus. Now, if, if that is the case, then it is time that we erase our deficit in our understanding by following these judicial threads that exist through each of the five theocratic covenants that are in place now. Now The first theocratic covenant pertaining to the rule of God is offered to Abraham, and and we can talk about this in the book of Genesis. Uh, If you go go with me to Genesis, the 12th chapter, uh, the first through the third verse, Genesis 12, 1 through 3. It should be on your screen now. We are told, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing and I will bless them that bless thee and I will curse them that curse thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, the Abrahamic covenant has a judicial component that is attached to it and it's found in these words and I will curse him who curses you. So the question then is, did God mean, if necessary, he would destroy our enemies if we stand upon the promise of the covenant? In Genesis, the 20th chapter, Sarah is in Abimelech's tent, and God visits Abimelech and says to him in verse 7, now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray, Uh, For thee and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, thou uh, know that thou shalt surely die. Thou and all that are thine. So if we are so valuable that Jesus was willing to die to save us, will he not kill to preserve us? Is God willing then to cut off our enemy? He certainly was for Abraham because it was part of the covenant. Turn with me in the book of Galatians to the, uh, 20, the third chapter in the 29th verse. Galatians 3 and 29, and it declares, And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. Here's that connection I was talking about between the New Testament and the Old Testament. The necessity uh, of us to understand what are the promises that are made? The promises in this sense are not just words that are uttered, but a blood covenant that exists between God and us. So if we participate in the Abrahamic covenant, according to Galatians, we are the seed of Abraham, then know assuredly that we have a right to ask God to cut off our enemy. Now I know, I know. I talked about this last week down in Ironton, Ohio. Uh, we, we really believe wholeheartedly in the turn the other cheek uh, mentality, theology, ministry, and, and, and turn the other cheek is a powerful weapon. But as we approach the end of the age, opposition grows dramatically, which is demanding a balanced biblical approach to our preparation of the end times of what it is that we should be doing in the season in which we find ourselves. Now, one key to this balance is found in the book of Acts, the 15th chapter, and the Lord's promise to rebuild the tabernacle of David, which translates... Into the heart of David being reproduced in a generation of believers. So, the core concepts that are expressed and released before the ark in in intercessory uh, prayer is found in Psalms, and Psalms demands covenant death and the destruction of the enemy so that the promised land could be possessed. Now there are many enemies to the harvest and some of them must be cut off to possess the promise. A second key to the kingdom which perfectly reflects David's heart cry is the justice on demand promised to the witness that's found in the book of Revelation. Now this seems to signify then A transition from emphasizing just salvation to also emphasizing justice and a manifestation forced by the steadfast refusal to repent. So as the gospel is preached in every nation, accountability rises, and when accountability rises, justice is demanded. Now politicians act as if there is no God and no standard of divine justice. A nation that was born and built upon the moral standard found in the word of God has shifted and in America now we find that in many places there is no standard or the the moral standard really is that of depravity rather than justice. Now the Holy Spirit has the assignment of convincing people of judgment but unless the the church manifests that judgment there are no examples to bring conviction by abandoning our covenant we forfeit the foundation upon which we stand to demand judgment by learning the covenant the church then gains a platform from which justice can be executed we have a place upon which we can stand as we then execute God's justice in the earth But the church has been too busy turning the other cheek to even ask for a covenantal victory. My prayer is that the church grow into the power of the covenant necessary to confront the depth of the evil that we are currently facing in our society. Galatians three twenty six through 29 declares, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed. And then according heirs according to the promise now I've often said that when we're trying to understand the Bible you ought to use uh, you know other types of uh, study material and books that help you uh, understand what the Bible is saying and um, one of the things that I've also said is that the best dictionary for the Bible that you can use is the Bible now if we simply allow scripture to define itself we can't go wrong We may even grow into something greater than what we currently believe we are. Now, the Abrahamic covenant belongs to us in Christ. Christ does not remove us from the Abrahamic covenant, but because we are in Christ, we are then seed of Abraham and heirs according to the promise, according to the book of Galatians. So we have access to a covenant that guarantees God himself will move in our behalf and cut off our enemy. And that is a powerful ally to have in the current day of evil that we are standing in. Jesus Christ, according to the word, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now in the book of Exodus, the 19th chapter, God offered a second theocratic covenant to the entire nation of Israel to make them all priests. And this became what is referred to as the Mosaic Covenant. So we have the Abrahamic Covenant and we have the Mosaic Covenant. In chapter 20, they, uh, when they found out that uh, uh, it was really going to cost something because God came to them and thundered out the, the Ten Commandments, great fear came on them and they said in effect to Moses Moses we will pay you you go meet God and find out what he has to say and then you come back and tell us so the clergy lady system is born in this moment now even though this kind of uh intercession between uh, God and man by the sending of Moses uh, creating this system uh, the second theocratic covenant established God's moral standard which is the Ten Commandments so the question is when God gave the Ten Commandments does the Mosaic covenant then give us access to God's justice to the point that he will still cut off our enemies Well, let's look at at Exodus 23, 20 through 23. I think that should be coming up on your screen. Uh, It it declares uh, in the uh, 20th verse of the 23rd chapter, Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversaries. For mine, for my angel shall go before thee and bring thee in, uh, unto the uh, Amorites and the Hittites and the uh, Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and uh, the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. This is the Mosaic covenant. This is the promise of God. If it wasn't on your screen, I apologize for that. But the Mosaic covenant provides for the execution and the removal of our enemies, just like God did and promised for Abram. Now, in Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter, God makes a covenant with Israel, promising them land. Now, the covenant for the land was a guarantee and further manifestation of what God had spoken to Abraham. And it appears in Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter, the 11th through the 20th verse. But in verses 15 and 16 specifically, Scripture declares, See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil in that i command thee this day to love the lord thy god to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that thou mayest live and multiply and the lord thy god shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it What magnitude of blessing could they expect when factoring and facing an uh, an enemy uh, to possess their land? Well, in Joshua 10, we get uh, a glimpse at what's going on. God rains down hailstones on their enemy, and so many more are killed by hail... Then there are killed by Israel and the sword. Joshua 10 and 11 declares, And it came to pass as they fled from before Israel and were in the going down to Bethron that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto uh, Azekah, and they died. There were more which died with hailstones than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. And this is where Joshua, encouraged by God, says, let the sun and the moon stand still for about a day until we utterly destroy the enemy. You can almost feel Joshua saying, there is no way, God, you're going to kill more than we are. And God stopped. The rotation of the planet, so that covenant vengeance could be taken on the enemy, because God is one that watches over His word. His He is committed to preserving His people, Israel, and we, by adoption, are His people. So the covenant then still works. The this is something you ought to understand. Matter of fact, you ought to put this in the comment section. The covenant still works. The covenant works for me. And it's obvious that the covenant promising Israel land allows people to pray and God will remove those who are attempting to steal their God-given inheritance. It's time for the people of God to stand up and begin to pray against those who are trying to steal our inheritance. We would hope that America's national leaders would get to know the theocratic uh, covenant and stop stupidity, their stupidity of trying to offer land which they don't own nor have any power over for peace. And get out of the business of giving God's uh, inheritance to his people away to somebody else. Uh, If I look at the life of Jesus, I find that Jesus never negotiated with demons. And if Jesus didn't negotiate with with demons, then why should we? We need to stop it. Negotiating with the enemy will never work. Playing with the enemy will never work. Tiptoeing around the enemy will never work. Pushing Israel to give up land against the covenant is like spitting right into the face of God. Uh, if you read your Bible, you'll find that Miriam tried that, but she wasn't very successful. Now, the fourth of the theocratic covenants is the sure mercies of David, which are offered in Second Samuel chapter seven. In verse nine, God declares this. And I was with thee whitherso, uh, thou, whithersoever thou went and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight and have made thee a great name like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. So we know by David's own example in Psalm 143 that his covenant included the cutting off of his enemies and that God did the cutting. So on his way out of Jerusalem, when Absalom had taken power, David prayed covenant mercy for the land. And in verses 11 and 12, he said, revive me O Lord, for your name's sake, for your righteousness sake, bring my soul out of trouble. In your mercy, cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul, for I am your servant. Now, this is godly, biblical, judicial praying. Let me say it again for you. This type of prayer is godly, biblical biblical judicial praying and it it utters uh, the covenant uh, only out of the mouth of David and God covenant uh, only bring it to, uh, would, only God would bring it to pass. So not one spear, not two spears, but three spears in the heart of Absalom. God is a covenant maker and a covenant keeper to a thousand generations. The same God who died to save us is willing to kill to preserve us. And I know this isn't the God that we that we preach about. This isn't the God that we talk about too often. But we are we ought to begin to understand and restore the reverence for God. God is merciful but he is also just and when evil is prevailing God's justice will prevail. We must allow the spirit to lead in this type of application but this covenant promise is suffering from lack of use. We are not using the power that God has given us to use. In in the New Testament we, we see the manifestation. In Acts chapter 12, uh, when Herod stretches out his hand and kills James and then jails Peter, the church begins to pray. An angel of the Lord is sent uh, and Peter is released from the prison. Then in verses 21 through 23, we have Biblical justice. The weight of how you touch my people is the weight of how I will touch you. Now the Greek word eos describes this principle uh, that exists in the New Testament. This word describes God's principle of justice from the old covenant even unto the new covenant and it governs the dispensing of all justice that we find executed in the book of Revelation. Now Acts 12, 21 through 23 says this, and upon a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout saying, it is the voice of God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. Biblical justice with the ability to cut off the enemy is a thread that runs through every major theocratic covenant in existence. And why have we then abandoned the justice and why are we extending unsanctified mercy to Supreme Court justices, to senators, to represent Uh, And even unto the president and presidents who have gone before. Who are filling our land with iniquity. When we should be asking God to cut them off. Yes, I said it. I'm not afraid of none of y'all. We as the people of God. When evil is prevailing in our nation. Should be pleading with God to execute covenantal justice. Against the authority in the land. Because God is the author ultimate authority where are today's David who would dare pray for justice where is the restoration of the tabernacle of David which guarantees his heart in action the very first psalm that David prayed before the ark when he got into Jerusalem in first chronicle 16 contains a very familiar scripture to most of us but it has been so watered down by tradition that it's taken on an entirely different meaning if we look at verse uh, verse 7 and then uh, skip down to uh, verses 14 through 22 you'll find the Bible declares then on that day David delivered first uh, this psalm to thank the Lord in the hand of Asaph uh, and his brethren now we drop down to 14 he is the Lord our God his judgments are in all the earth be ye mindful always of his covenant the word which he commanded to a thousand generations even of the covenant which he made with Abraham and of his oath to, unto Isaac and hath confirmed the same to Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant saying unto thee will I give thee the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance when ye were but few even a few and strangers in it and when they uh, uh, went from nation to nation And from one kingdom to another people. He suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sake. Saying, touch not mine anointed. And do my prophets no harm. Now, we have interpreted. Do not touch the anointed ones. And do the prophets no harm. In a a, a strange way. Because the majority of today's Christians. Believe it simply means do not speak against your leadership. Now the verse has been interpreted priestly instead of kingly in the fashion in which it was uh, written making today's meaning a watered down crock of priestly horse manure compared to how David actually declares it. The core concept is God's willingness to reprove kings for his covenant partners. God's willingness to go against the authority because the authority is going against his covenant people if reproving kings equals killing kings then our covenant has teeth the church of the last 50 years has acted like a toothless tiger and when we look in Genesis the 20th chapter at what God said to Abimelech in verse 7 we see teeth in action now therefore restore the man his wife for he is a prophet And he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. How did we ever interpret that as don't speak against leaders? This is the covenant keeping God, weighing back and willing to quickly cut off as many as it takes to save Sarah. So when David goes to war these psalms declaring the covenant were continually sung before the ark you could not go to war with david and keep your head David never had dentures to lose. Isn't it time that the church finds out that they have a covenant with God and that the promise of God is to cut off those who are destroying our future harvest? The covenant that exists has teeth and it's time for the church to take a bite to take a bite out of perversion to take a bite out of abortion by praying covenantal justice on legislative perpetrators will you rise up and actually be the end time church without spot, wrinkle or blemish we present Jesus as savior to the Jews for a long time and many of them have said no way I don't want to know Jesus because of the way we have presented him it is time that we present them Jesus the judge who is in fact the Messiah that they've been looking for for thousands of years when Jewish people see Jesus the judge in action they will catapult into the kingdom it is time for biblical justice it is time that the church pray like David prayed it is time for the church to find its teeth it is time to restore the fear of the Lord in the land. It is time to tell those who supposedly represent us that if you do not stand for God, we will not stand with you for we stand with God and God alone. We stand on God's morality and God's morality alone. We accept the law of God and nothing else. We shall not be moved from the right to the left or from the uh, to the right, but we will remain steadfast, uh, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord to the glory of God. Somebody ought to be crying out hallelujah. This nation has gone too far because the church has allowed it. Because while we've been praying for the salvation of our enemies, We did not balance it properly by praying for the justice of God and the promise of covenant against our enemies. And look where we are today. Christianity in this nation is under attack. And while those are playing political games, I'm here to tell you, God is not a politician. One of the most famous quotes from a movie, I can't think of the name of the movie, but an actor was, saying, was playing a politician in the movie. And he said, I'm a politician. And he said, what that means is, while I'm smiling in your face, I'm stealing your child's lollipop behind your back. That's what a politician does. That's what we're seeing. Are there any just politicians anymore? Are there any people in political uh, positions of power who are not in it for themselves, cutting deals to enlarge their pocket? Are there any ones that are really being utmost honest with the people? We talk about hiding information from the nation because the nation isn't ready to receive it. They talk about national security and they hide things under the guise of protecting the people because the people could never understand. The problem is, is that what they're doing is that they're lying to the people and because they're lying to the people, people will not understand. But if the government would ever be truthful with the people, the people could come together and unite. If the government would ever fall back upon the very morality which birthed it then the people in this nation could unite and we could move forward and become what God had called us to be a true great nation the slogan let's make America great again though it's coined by uh, former president Donald Trump it's a powerful statement The problem is to make America great again has nothing to do with politics and has everything to do with restoring America back to its biblical foundation, restoring America's religious freedom back to the foundation upon which it stood, which was the word of God, not allowing any and everything to be acceptable and okay to restore accountability to the land, to hold people account for the nonsense that they do. This nation is tearing itself apart because it's turned from God. It's time that the church stand up and pray like David that every one of our enemies be removed. This may not be a feel good. Ooh, I want to shout because I'm going to get a house. The prophet has told me I'm getting a car and all this nonsense that we've been teaching and preaching for years. I want you to understand the power that you have in God to remove your enemy because you are standing in covenant with him. God bless you and may we rise up together. And repossess this nation so that America can be great again. God bless you. This has been a production of the GMFC Studios. God bless you.